What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Evolve Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Dave Gold. And on today's episode, we have Oliver Duffy Lee. Oliver is the founder of Authority Agency, and he's not your average agency owner. He was once a copywriter and a salesman that was a account director for brands like Volvo and Porsche. And now he's actually helping other agency owners scale to $20,000 a month consistently. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Where are you talking to us from today, Oliver? Hey, Dave. Uh, Really, really cool to be here. I'm talking to you from a place in the UK, just north of London, called Leicester. Uh, Probably, if you're not from the UK, you probably won't know of Leicester, but if you are, um, and if you follow football, you'll definitely have heard of Leicester, just north of London. Yeah, I've heard of Leicester City from the football. Yeah. Um, I'm a Tottenham fan, bit of a rivalry there. Oh, dude. So that was, that, yeah, the first year, that was the first year I moved to Leicester from London and they won the league. And I can tell you now, that was Spurs' year. That's when they should have won. That's right. That's right. Don't remind me. Now, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have a football podcast. This podcast <laughs> is all about evolution, branding, and learning from leaders in the world of entrepreneurship about how they were able to go from start to scale. So one thing that you talk about a lot in your content um, that I find to be very interesting, uh, but there's there's also a bit of a back and forth, and so I, I really want to dissect this a bit, is on the one hand, you talk about how um, niching down is very important okay and finding that niche and discovering it will open many doors for you as a coach consultant agency owner freelancer etc but on the other hand it's not about the niche the target market or the offer it's about the agency owner himself and that was something that really stood out to me um, when I was learning more about you and your message, because uh, it really resonated. I feel like a lot of the time there are many coaches that are consultants who think that it's the niche that is the problem or the market or the offer that is the problem. And they don't want to look in the mirror and see that actually it might be that they are the problem and getting in their own way. So I'm wondering if you can elaborate on the relationship between defining your demographics and niche and offer versus actually being the agency owner that could actually succeed? Yeah, it's a deep question, man. Um, A lot of people are making the same mistake right now. And when I say a lot of people, I reckon probably about 90% plus of people are making the same mistake. And, And the reason, the reason they're making the mistake is because it seems like the right thing to do. But the mistake is that people are desperately trying to find new clients every day, right? Um, desperately trying to find new marketing strategies, desperately trying to find new lead gen strategies, the best way to find new leads, the best way to book meetings, the best way to convert people. Like, And I get it, Like, we need to earn money. But the thing people should be doing right now is 
is becoming an authority, working on building authority and aura around them within a market. Okay. So the reason why is because when you're an authority, obviously these things don't matter, right? Like you don't have to do cold email because people come to you. When you post something, people comment on it because people know of you as an authority in that area. Now, if you think about what an authority is, basically it's someone who is well known in a certain area for being an expert in that area, right? Now you take um, the broad, say you're a coach and you take the broad, uh, say you're just a business coach and you're a business coach for everyone. Well, it's quite hard to be an authority in such a broad area as business coaching. But if you're a business coach for fitness professionals, personal trainers, much easier to become known in that area, much easier to start finding your tribe and being known in that space, right? So that's the idea behind niching and why it's so important. I think you're really asking about the person themselves. Now, if you take authority from a personal point of view, you've got to have quite a lot about you, right? To become an authority. You can't be someone who, you don't have to be an extrovert at all. It's not what I'm saying, but you have to have a view. You have to have a point of view and you have to be able to repeatedly put your neck on the line, upset people and have a very unique take on a certain subject. And I think a lot of people are doing both of those things wrong. So they're going after any client that matter that they can get. They're focusing on marketing systems first. And in their messaging, they're being too broad and too, and not, they're being too vanilla, basically. And they're not putting their neck out and, and really standing on a, on a point of view, on a manifesto enough. And that will mean that they're always struggling to find that next client. What um, demographic or niche do you focus on in your agency coaching or consulting? So we do a couple of things. So um, I run an e-com agency, um, which is specifically focused on healthcare, healthcare and beauty, I would say. Um, and I think you could markedly see, before we focused on healthcare and beauty, you could markedly see how much harder and how much more loss we were finding clients. And then once we decided healthcare, we knew exactly what to do. It guided our decisions in that space, right? When it comes to the coaching, well, agency owners, right? Like um, all I've known in my working life is being in the agency space, um, whether it was working for agencies, running agencies, uh, selling for agencies. So yeah, my niche there is, is agencies and anyone that follows me on LinkedIn or has anything to do with my LinkedIn, you'll know, you'll see that that's pretty much all I talk about. What you'll probably notice as well, and I hope you do, is I've got like five to 10 points. I don't really say much else um, about lead generation, about being an authority, about how to run sales, about gap selling, five to 10 points. And I just recycle them because your audience doesn't want you to be have a view on everything. Your audience wants you to have a view on one thing and they want you to be their go-to person in that thing. They've got another person for all the other stuff. They don't need to know what my view on fitness is or my view on healthy eating is. They've got a person for that, right? When my audience turns up, they want to hear about what I think about agencies and they trust me to be spending my entire life thinking about how to grow agencies. So when I put something out, they know it's going to be about that and they, they turn up and they watch and they listen. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense. And I've seen other coaches who are successful like let's take for example a subconscious coach and they're taking basically 10 topics or 
five to 10 topic ideas, and they're creating 100 pieces of content around each topic idea and then recycling it, you know, cycling through those five to 10 topics every three to six months versus yeah. the other subconscious coach who's just as qualified, but is working on creating content around how the subconscious mind is relevant to what's going on in the world today and mm -hmm. every single new um you know news story that comes up they try to tie it in with the subconscious mind and people seem to get lost in Definitely. the point and what they're trying to actually get across and how it actually is going to help them okay and, and so many times we feel like we need to shift or change our tone or our direction, which sometimes it's definitely true. But a lot of the times it's just that we haven't really doubled down on yeah. what we're really good at. Yeah. And I've seen that in many of my clients. Um, and it's one thing to try to convince someone that they should double down. But if it's not coming from that inspired place, yeah. then there's really no point. That's, um, I agree with that. I think, I think when people start, you got to find your voice, but there's better ways to find your voice than posting about lots of stuff and seeing what sticks, right? Like there's a massive, massive girth um, of, well, there's just an absence, I would say, of people who are genuinely thinking in their brain, what do I think about my industry? Like, what do I actually think if, if you were, uh, again, let's take a coach for uh, the fitness industry. Like, what is your view? What is your, what is your view that makes you unique? And how long are you spending thinking about what you think and why that's different or thinking about what you think and, and why that's valuable to other people? Because I think a lot of people think, spend too much time thinking, what should I write today? What should I post today? I'm not enough time actually auditing what's in their mind, what they think. Right. Like if I tell you, take David Goggins, you know, David Goggins, David Goggins waking up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Dude, if to I, wage war if with I, yourself. If, if I was, if I was on Instagram and I saw a post from Goggins and, and, uh, and I watched it and he was like, you know what, man, take it easy today. Take it easy today. Like take, take a load off, chill out. I'd be like completely lost. I'd be completely lost and would forget about, I probably wouldn't watch his next thing. Like I watched Goggins because I want him to give me a kick up the ass, right? That's why I watch him. That's why I engage in his stuff. And if he stops doing that one day, I'll get confused and it just won't be as, as good a follower. So don't confuse your audience, man. Be known for that thing. Don't be afraid. They, all of your audience has got another person for that other thing that you want to talk about. Just own your thing. Mm -hmm. I love it. Ownership is so important. Now, let's move over into not only ownership but also action so you've talked about how the amount of action determines how fast that you will scale to 10 15 20 thousand dollars per month but i think there are many people out there that are taking action but they're not actually taking the right action so what what to you is um taking right action on a massive scale to get you mm. to start to move forward in your business. 
I think, I think it's an amazing question because I think a lot of people misunderstand that when I or someone else says like, you just got to do stuff and then stuff will happen. Like, first thing, I want to make a, a bit of a, a distinction. So I would say, especially agency world, it's the same for coaching business. Sub 20K, I would call startup, post 20K, scale up, right? Once you get to, and we help both types of agencies, by the way. When you get to scale up, this action taking thing, we tone that down a lot, okay? Um, but when you're between 0 and 20K and you're in startup mode, yes, the amount of action you take will speed up the progress, yeah? So the amount of messages you send every day, the amount of people you reach out to every day, the amount of content you write every day, the amount of networking events you attend every day, all of these things, the more you do, the more will happen. But there's a big thing people miss, <clears throat> which is you've got to be, have very thick skin. You've got to embrace the fact when things don't work and you've got to look at it objectively. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then you've got to analyze, right? Because if you're just taking loads of action, throwing loads of stuff at the wall and it's all falling down and you're not looking at it going, well, why isn't that working? Why isn't that sticking? There's no point because you won't learn from it. The people who progress the fastest, they take loads of action and they're ruthlessly analyzing why it didn't work. And what you'll notice about these people is, and uh, there's a guy called Brent, Ben Francis. I'm sure everyone knows Ben Francis, right? CEO of Gymshark. And he says he's met a lot of billionaires uh, in the world and all of them are incredible at taking risks and incredible at failing, right? And what he means by that is when they fail at something, they find it really easy to look at it objectively and say, well, that didn't work. That's interesting. Let's see why that didn't work. Rather than saying, oh, that didn't work. I must just be a complete failure and I'm just going to stop trying now. So I think action with thick skin, with analysis of why things didn't work properly, that's a great, great recipe to get you to 10K, 15K, 20K a month. Once you get there, slow, slow the hell down, make more considered decisions. Mm -hmm. And what kind of action do you feel like <clears throat> is necessary to take? Um, and, and I also want to expand on what you mean by thick skin, because as I got into the entrepreneurial world, uh, world I realized that even though I've been through the startup nation in Tel Aviv and traveled around the world doing business development for tech startups. And I've been two years in, in army as an infantry soldier. And, you know, I've been through these challenging times. Um, actually getting into the online entrepreneurial space was maybe the most difficult thing that I've ever done because the amount of emotions that you end up being triggered and you're going on this emotional roller coaster. You've got rejection, rejection, success, success, setback, you take a step forward. And then you're like, am I even going in the right direction? Do I even like what I'm doing? Am I confused? Do I, do I want to be doing this? Am I here in the right place? And, you know, you talk about like having a thick skin. I talk a lot about creating healthy boundaries, but you know, for you, like when, and maybe people have, have people reached out to you in, in a negative sense or tried to bring you down um, when, once they saw that you were starting to move up in your professional journey? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you, check out um, any of my LinkedIn posts. There's loads of people that think the stuff I say is complete garbage. But that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Dave, if you, if you get to the point where you're posting stuff regularly and people are saying, this is nonsense, well, that's great. Congrats. They care. How do you usually like, respond to, 
haters and people that try to bring you down in your brand, Oliver? Kill them with kindness, man. Kill them with kindness. Loads of loads of really. And by the way, if you're if you're in the ads game, especially as a coach, it's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. If you're in the ads game as a coach, stay away from your comments section. We stay ran away. ads for one of our clients who was a coding coach, and he was really appalled at how negative the comments were in his ads. And you know, I haven't run too many ads for myself, but I remember doing it once and just the level of shame and cancel and hate that gets spread is, uh, is pretty massive. And so do you usually just take a ignore type of approach or do you kind of block delete? Do you have any boundaries that you don't like when people cross them? I I think it's an opportunity, man. I think, first of all, it's always best to approach these things with empathy. So if I'm running an ad, and someone that knows nothing about me or my team or what we do, and they decide to say, this guy's a scammer. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, another fake guru. Now I'm thinking, well, I'm really sorry for this person because obviously they're so unhappy with what's going on in their life that they feel the need to, to be angry at other people, right? So first thing is just empathize with these people, uh, understand that life's not easy for them either, okay? Then look at it as an opportunity. It's basically a PR opportunity because if you come out swinging and you're defensive, well, guess what that makes you look like? It makes you look like exactly what the person is saying. If you come out with kindness and empathy and say, look, I'm really sorry you think that the amazing work me and my team are doing is a scam. Like, trust me, this is not our intention. We work really hard on this. I tell you what you should do. You should come into our group where you can see our free training and then you can make an informed decision on whether you think we're scamming people or not. Let me know and I'll send you the link. And that's generally the sort of thing we would reply. But I think this world is starving for empathy. It's starving for kindness. And I think it's a good look from a PR perspective to respond in that way. Makes you look secure. And being defensive is not a good look, Dave. Like, you know, you see it with politicians getting, I don't know um, if you how much you follow UK politics, but we have a government which is extremely defensive. And it's not a good look, man. It's not a good PR look. So kill them with kindness, my friend. I think Gary V would agree with you on that on that one. Um, oh. Now, since we were just on the topic of ads, how about we talk about um, the method of client acquisition that works best for you and for some of your clients? Because... And something that I saw that I think it turned me off to the business coaching sphere for a long time when I was still more in the dating relationship niche was these business coaches that were claiming that they could help you to scale to six or seven figures without running ads, funnels, or, um, you know, any, I don't know, sales pitches or anything like that, webinars. And they were doing all of that. They were, you know, creating a funnel, <laughs> running ads, and they had fancy webinars with ClickFunnels yeah. pages and their ClickFunnels award behind them. And so as I started to have more and more guys reach out to me, not only for help in branding success in their uh, social circle, but also in their business. I realized that there was going to be a certain point where just coming up to the plate 
and swinging for the fences every day to hit a home run on the organic side, creating content, doing the outreach was going to be a recipe for burnout. And one thing that I saw with you is that you like a balanced triangle approach of organic, paid, and um, an outreach method. So at what point did you start running ads? And at what point do you encourage your clients to um, diversify the way in which they reach out to their prospects? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's a really good question. It's probably the question that everyone would, will think, this is the, the question I want the answer to. The truth is this, every method of lead gen works, right? So don't mm-hmm. listen to anyone that says it doesn't work. Cold email works, organic works, outreach works, LinkedIn works. TikTok works, ads work, Google search works, it all works, right? The reason people fail is because they don't give it enough time and they, don't, and they approach it in the wrong way. So I'm going to go into tactical about how I think people should uh, lead gen in a sec. But before I do, I need to say this. Focus on being the authority, don't focus on winning clients, right? So whatever you do and whatever method it is, look at it through the lens of would an authority do this? Right? So don't spam people on LinkedIn with a long list of services because authorities don't do that. Definitely reach out to people on LinkedIn, ask them about their problems, what they're struggling with, show them that you know the the problems they struggle with, but don't do it in a way that an authority wouldn't. Don't spam cold email, which isn't authoritative in its tone, right? Don't run ads with funnels, which are just lousy, right? Everything you do, put it through a a lens of, would an authority do this? That's the first thing, whatever you do. The second thing is, I I I wouldn't push ads until you're doing 10K plus. I just wouldn't. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't, especially social ads, especially Facebook and Insta ads right now, it's hard, right? Stuff changed last year. iOS 14 did shit. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I'm really sorry about that. Um, you can swear. Yeah, this is a uh, explicit okay. podcast. Absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, iOS 14 fucked shit up, man. So um, people are really struggling right now. And I wouldn't, if you don't have um, lots of decent audiences so you said like, ios 14 yeah well, iOS that's 14. the that's the um the operating system of the new iphone yeah they brought apple i don't know if you know this but apple about halfway through last year apple released an i update ios 14 which basically said as a default we're going to set it so that once you're on an app on your phone and you switch from one app to another app the app cannot track you now, this is huge, right? Because what do you do on, a, on Facebook? You're scrolling Facebook or you're scrolling Instagram on the app, on the phone. You click the button. You go to the, the page where the ad tells you to go. And guess what? They can't track you on that. So all of a sudden, the tracking on the, uh, on the business manager side is finding it really hard to know who's going through, where they're coming from, and how to attribute that sale or that lead to the campaign. Okay? Mm. It's really, really hard from a, an account, from a... Uh, media buyer perspective. So and is it good for a um, <laughs> privacy of one's data and information perspective? Well, the idea is it is. Of course, marketers are going to work out a way to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, it looks good from Apple. They're protecting people's privacy. They can actually stand behind it and run branding campaigns saying privacy is important. By the way, I'm a massive Apple fan, but I think you know they're being a bit cheeky with that. Um, but here's the point. If you're not doing 10K, double down on organic, 
use um, use things which are free to leverage your ability to do more. Here's an example. If you've got a great Facebook profile and you get loads and loads of joy in Facebook groups, guess what? Get another Facebook profile, do the same in other groups, right? Double your reach. If you've got a great LinkedIn outreach game, hire a VA and use their um, LinkedIn profile to double up and, and do more, right? Just find something that works and double down on that and wait until you've got really nice, secure five-figure income and then start pushing stuff into ads. That's, that's, that's what I would do. That's what I suggest to um, our clients. And once you're there, you've got lots of little games that open up to you then, right? So you can run ads for sure. Uh, you can start to run events, um, whether it's like LinkedIn's a great place to run events because you can basically un invite unlimited amounts of people who are first connections. That's a great hack to your LinkedIn event. Um, so yeah, once you get to that 10K, I think you're good. You can start to experiment. But I wouldn't before then. Cool. So you have a, a fairly large audience on LinkedIn and... LinkedIn is a platform that many people used to look at as their um, their resume, their online resume, yeah. and a platform where every message to be sent in the uh, DMs on LinkedIn was written like an email or like <laughs> a note with a, hello, good sir, <laughs> dear <laughs> Oliver. And what I've come to realize is that... Um, Although I was not early in the LinkedIn game, I definitely focused most of my efforts when I was starting um, Dave Gold Evolve in making connections on my Facebook, my personal brand on Facebook, my personal brand on Instagram, especially as I had bought that camera, traveled the world, took a bunch of pictures, met a bunch of cool dudes, some beautiful ladies as well. And, you know, that was my focus. And then as I've started to get more into it and I've seen for certain clients, LinkedIn makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering why to you is LinkedIn your preferred platform? Because I started on it earlier, to be honest. Like, I mean, don't, don't flock to LinkedIn if you've got a great game. I've seen these people make this mistake before. Like if you've got a great Facebook profile and you've got clients popping off and prospects popping off and then they go, oh, I need to get into LinkedIn. Don't, just don't do that, man. Like start LinkedIn, keep going, but, but focus on where you're strong, right? Like LinkedIn's not as, not so good that um, it's gonna be better than Instagram. If you've got a strong Instagram. Focus on when you're strong. I love LinkedIn for a couple of reasons. One, because I got a good audience. Two, because it's very text-based um, posting and that works for me from a writer's perspective. Um, not amazing for video, but like I get away with video and other things. The other thing I love about LinkedIn is targeting, like especially coupled with sales navigator, like I can hone in on, on my target like so easily. And I don't think you can do that on other platforms as well. Well, I, I know you can't. The closest I think you can get is segmenting through Facebook groups on Facebook, which is pretty okay, but still quality is not always amazing. So targeting on LinkedIn is just second to none, like absolutely amazing. And and they're really, they're really rewarding people now with like um, the organic reach you get with the events feature, which is honestly incredible. Um, it's, a, it's a great platform, man. I love it. But focus on your strength. The only thing I would say is, and I'm awful on TikTok, like I'm just about starting up. But I mean, like we put out maybe six or seven videos. Reach is pretty good. And uh, we start conversations that way. Like we're reaching new audiences, which we've never spoken to before. And I'm not even doing anything. Like I'm not even using trending sounds. I'm just speaking to camera with like a 
lo-fi hip-hop track so the only thing i would say to add is a bit of tiktok right now i think it's uh i don't think you can ignore it to be honest mm -hmm. well not just tiktok but short form video in general and yeah, you're right. so i'm just gonna do a little shout out right now that in the coming weeks i'm gonna be hosting a 14 day short form video challenge so if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of the short form video challenge you can join my free facebook group it's dave gold evolve um and i feel like short form video not only on TikTok but also on instagram with the reels feature is a great way for um creators to get their message out to people that aren't currently following them because it's promoting organic reach another thing about linkedin which is nice compared to facebook is that you have the opportunity to build up a connection network of thirty thousand versus five thousand so that's um you know six times as large it's uh it's it's massive compared to facebook where you're really focusing on building that facebook group community and then you can sell or market to them but when there are so many facebook groups and also you're not really sure what exactly someone is doing in their life or where they're at um, unless they answer you know your questions when they join the group uh it can it can really be like fishing um on facebook and coming up with a lot of empty hooks at times um and you know you're right being able to understand and target your demographics on linkedin um if you do have a good outreach approach you know how to create those connections and then you've got an offer that's attractive you know it can't be ignored it's definitely um you know if you are trying to push a high ticket offer a place to be for sure and did you want to comment on that or maybe we should move on to the next nope. your challenge your challenge sounds cool man nice idea yeah so i i personally have started creating um some TikToks over the last few months not yeah. necessarily consistently um i've also created reels um, on my personal profile usually they're about traveling because i'm a digital nomad i've lived in countries all over the world i'm currently in porto portugal and already next week i'm going to be back in the states and then saint martin and who knows where i'm going to end up this year but i love to travel so that's the kind of content that i like to create in my personal profile and other people that love to travel are usually the people that connect with me because yeah. they connect with my values my morals and my identity my humor my pain my whatever it is that i'm trying to put out there and so let's just go into that for a second mm -hmm. what values and morals do you embody in your brand honesty and transparency is probably the first one um we talk about it a lot internally i mean one of the and and apart from anything else is because and you'll know this massively but like the coaching industry's got a bad rep man like the coaching industry has been dragged through the mud and now anyone that puts anything out there saying i know something about this i can teach you is automatically greeted with skepticism which by the way makes me laugh because it's like if you knew how hard it was to create a program 
and then to try and sell it to people, that'd be the worst scam ever. Like it, the amount of effort that would go into that, like anyway. Um, so yeah, honesty and transparency is massive for us. And then we have two real simple values after that. One is um, customer success, like whatever we have to do to get our clients success, really, really important. And then in, internally individual success, how can we help everyone in the team to have time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom? That's, that's really what we're, we're here for. And I think if we can be honest, if we can make our customers win, and if we can make our team win and individually we can win, like, that's cool, man. Like, what else is there to do? Well, probably sit back and chill <laughs> on the beach with your partner and just look up to the sky and enjoy life because it's really short. And so we get really yeah. caught up in this, how do I acquire clients game? And how do I get to the next X amount of revenue? Or, you know, I look at the competition and I see how they're doing and I'm thinking I'm not doing enough. Um, and you just have to realize that it is a process. And if you start to surround yourself with the right people, then your mindset, your beliefs, your results will all start to change. Um, but you know, when you say that the coaching industry has a bad rep and rightfully so, there are now huge channels on YouTube like Spencer Cornelia and CoffeeZilla that not, not always accurate, but sometimes really shed light on uh, people that are scamming others or not being completely transparent or honest in their approach to selling an online course or a product mm -hmm. or, or service online. And, you know, one of the most common things that I hear when guys reach out to me or jump on a call and show interest in working with me and my mentorship or my agency is they've worked with another coach or consultant before and they haven't got the kind of results that they yeah. wanted and they felt let down. They felt disappointed. And, and you know what? I really resonate with that because I've felt the same way at times. And when you're in the moment, you think it's all right, what's going on. And then when you look back on it, if you have a bad taste in your mouth, you yeah. realize that, you know, maybe they weren't completely honest. Maybe, you know, that guy that was my first online entrepreneurial mentor and told me that he had a bunch of clients and had none, you know, what would have mm. happened if I had a different mentor? I don't want to change anything. I've got no regrets. And I've come a long way where I've been able to scale my business to, you know, over 10K per month at times and work with the most amazing guys all over the world. But I do really resonate and empathize with people who um, are afraid or are scared or, you know, are yeah. taking some time to make a decision. And that's okay too, because if you're really doing it the right way, as a business owner, you don't need to necessarily make that one call close, okay? The client acquisition journey can take multiple weeks, months, or even years at times for that person to build the trust and respect that they need to actually sign up with you. Um, and you know, with that being said, we're gonna close out in a few minutes, but I'm wondering where you feel like business owners and their employees go wrong in the DMs and in the client acquisition process? 
Where do they go wrong in client acquisition? I think too much pushing. I think uh, one of the best, uh, I learned a lot from my coach and mentor is Taki Moore, um, coach, coaches, coaches, very, very good guy. He talks a lot about in the sales process, you want to be the prospect to pull you through. And he also talks about this idea of auditioning clients, not selling to them. And I think just taking a completely unpushy approach, not pushing at any time, not sounding at all desperate or like you need the sale, just really establishing whether people are a good fit with you is really the most important. Now, it's very, very easy to do that when you've got lots of leads and lots of clients, right? The hard thing is doing that and having that composure when you really need that client like this week. But trust me, desperation kills deals. Uh, pushiness kills deals. And prospects can smell it miles off miles off and to the point of like audit every single word you're writing in the chat the way to really do this is to have a, a specific chat flow which is what we teach and what we do as well but have a very very specific chat flow and audit every word and just say ask yourself that question would an authority write this and if they wouldn't then don't write it and change it until, until you find a way that an authority would write it hold your head high because if you believe that you can really add value, then you don't need to push or be desperate to prove that you can. Just believe it and they'll be more attracted to you that way. Coming from that place of abundance and you know being yeah. irresistible yeah. rather than invisible is a great <laughs> way for you to stand out from the sea of pushy marketers and coaches that are desperate to get their next client. And it allows you to charge more for your services. It allows you to understand where the person that is in front of you is actually going and what they're looking for on their way there. Um, and so I guess my final question to you, Oliver, is where are you going with your business in 2022 authority agency um and uh yeah what are what are your goals to evolve your brand i mean we have we have lots of goals and we have financial goals and all sorts of things like that i don't think i think the better place to end is basically on what you said earlier which is life is really really short now one of the things that i've learned in this journey my journey's not been that long either one of the things i've learned is that if we constantly focus on these goals, it's important to have goals. You need to know where you're going. But if you only focus on them, you'll be super disappointed all the time. Because when you hit the goals, you'll realize that internally you don't feel any different. Um, and it hurts because you thought everything was going to be great when you hit 20K, when you hit whatever, 50K. You think in your mind, my life is going to be great. I'm going to be carefree. You're not. You'll probably have about 10 times more worries, but you just can't see what they are right now. The key here is to enjoy what's happening now. Enjoy it when you, when you mess up. Enjoy it when someone comes back at you because it's a learning experience. This is the life, right? The life is this day-to-day -day stuff. And clearly what's great about you, man, is you get this. That's why you're doing the digital nomad things, why you're pushing the experience now. You're not waiting till you're doing like ridiculous money to go and see the world. Like, why would you do that? You're doing it now. So yeah, have goals, understand where you're going for sure. And we have lots of goals and we want to we, we want to improve how we do things as well but 
my main goal really right now is how can I extract like the most out of every day, even out of every meeting, give that, have that as a goal. How can you extract the most enjoyment out of every meeting? I'm sure your, your life will be better. Um, you might actually end up thinking I should probably have less meetings, but that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, it's uh, have the goals to let yourself give yourself direction, but don't put too much emphasis on that. Well, before we jumped on the podcast, I told you that uh, I was considering scaling back the amount of podcasts that I do each month. And mm. maybe I will second guess that after our conversation today, because it was really enjoyable and it brought me a lot of fulfillment um, as I was able to learn some interesting perspectives from you um, and really resonate with your approach on a deep, deep level. And it's these kind of conversations and connections that we create in the online entrepreneurial world that can be more fulfilling than any revenue goal or client onboarding process. So, you know, as you um, accurately uh, stated, I've taken an approach in life where I've been focused primarily on travel, learning different cultures and languages and finding freedom. And it hasn't always been easy or consistent at times, but my goal was not necessarily focused on finances. And it's funny because usually men are thinking of things the opposite way around. They're looking to get that money, you know, and then to get married and have the kids and then take the family for a vacation. And I don't really think that there is one linear path to fulfillment and to success in life. But if you really sit down and ask yourself what it is that you want, and then you start to reverse engineer what you need to do to get there, and that's based off of what your gut, your intuition, and your heart is really telling you to do, that there's no wrong answer. And that every success or failure will just be a lesson on your journey um, in life. So with that being said, if someone does want to reach out to you and get to know you better, where is the best place for them to do that? Just let's, let's connect on LinkedIn, send me a DM, say hi, um, tell me what you thought was interesting, or maybe you completely disagree with something I said. I'd love to chat about that. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to do, to do that. I don't think there's any other Oliver Duffy Lees on LinkedIn, so you should find me fine. Um, love to connect with you there. Beautiful. All right, guys, as you well know, the only cost of the podcast is to like, comment, and share it with a friend who you think would gain some value from this episode. Talk to you soon. Peace. Yeah. Yeah.